0: Hello and welcome. My name's Karen O'Connor and this is Things That Make You Go Mmm. This is your podcast to help you make the most of the wisdom and experience that comes with getting that little bit older. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today I'm here with one of my gorgeous internet friends, (laughs) Carrie. How are you? Hi, Karen. Good, thanks for joining me. You've got a background in health and wellness. That was how we met. and um, we did a podcast together
1: fifteen months. Oh my ago. gosh.
0: It was a while
1: ago. Something like that. yeah,
0: a fair while ago. go and listen to it. it's a good episode. But anyway, we've kept in touch because yeah, Kevin's really nice. And one of the things we've been talking about recently is, is are the events that are going on in the states right now because you live in the Midwest, don't you? I do. And you're not one of those, what can I say with that? Look, I'm going to say a few things that might be quite <laughs> offensive maybe to some people. There's but the that. disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Here's the disclaimer. <laughs> this is me looking at things from the other side of the world and in a different mm-hmm. culture. And America has always amused me because... Everything you see in the movies and on television and you read in the papers, it's all about how well-off Americans are and the fabulous lifestyle they have and stuff like that. But you also have such poverty. I, I can't get my head around that, you know, that it's so much about the the one person that does well, but you forget in the 2,000 that are <laughs> living on the streets. So, But let's start with your background. Tell me about you And your thoughts on what's happening right now in the US?
1: Uh, It's a shit show. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know that there's any other way to put it, honestly. So I'll back up. I'm a certified health and wellness practitioner, health coach, fitness nutrition specialist. I was a podcast host for about a year. You were on my podcast with the events in the US I kind of reached a point last October in 2021 where I was just like I'm done with it I don't want to be anywhere near it I don't want my name attached to it it does not feel good for me and so much of the healthcare system here goes against things that I personally believe in so I left and I've been working in affordable housing since then but I think I I think it's almost like a toxic relationship where you just need to take a step back and redefine your core values and your boundaries. And this is who I am now. And this is learn how to, to stand in that. So I'm slowly dipping my toes back into the health and wellness field, but it has to be in a way that feels good for me or I can't do it. There's my background.
0: What was it that made you you leave the health and wellness side of things?
1: Oh, Karen. Um, (laughs) Well, they can't fire me for saying it because I left, so let's go. So all this COVID stuff, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing for work when we got the call saying, go home, it'll be over in two weeks, and then you can come back to work. In between that and October 2021, the rules, I don't know if we're doing video or not, but I'm doing air quotes, the rules are so all over the place and they would change day to day. And I understand that we didn't know all the things about COVID and we were learning as we went, but some of them seemed so arbitrary and applied to certain people and certain people maybe didn't have to follow them as much or could get away with without following them. The breaking point for me was an email that we got. Hang on, let me back up. We were, we were having problems getting gloves or masks and just proper PPE to keep ourselves safe and keep our patients safe. And the breaking point for me was an email that we got saying that for the first time in that particular healthcare system's history, they had made such a profit that we were all getting bonuses. First time ever. And I went, well, what the F? <laughs> that doesn't feel right i don't want the bonus if if we're profiting off of this whole covid thing to the extent where you can now give your employees a bonus i i don't want that that's that feels disgusting so i quit i had no plan i was just like it doesn't feel good and to be quite honest whether you are For vaccine mandates or against them or whatever, I don't really care. I I can see valid points on both sides of it. But as a health and wellness practitioner, my whole job is to empower people to make their own healthcare decisions, whether I agree with them or not, whether I think it's the best thing for them or not. It doesn't matter. That's not the point of it. And this healthcare company was like, here's this fancy little bonus we're going to give you, but now you need to follow all these rules. And I was like, well, if they're not going to give us the same autonomy that we are supposed to be giving our patients, that doesn't feel right either. So it was all within a couple of days of each other. And I was just like, okay, I'm done. That's it. Can't do it.
0: I struggle with the idea of the medical profession, not medical, really the pharmaceutical profession, being a profit. Bingo. We've all got to make a living. That is not what I'm saying, but it's profit-driven, and that's where mm-hmm. I have the problem. You should not be making massive profits from other people's illnesses. My personal
1: one hundred percent.
0: And you don't even have really have a, a strong Medicare system over there. I was just followed no. the British system where it's free for all, and you can pay no. for private health cover. But you know, no matter what, oh no.
1: <laughs> no, Barack Obama, he he really advocated for the what's it called? They call it Obamacare here. And it's not that it's I can't think of it right now, but you know, it's basically that Medicare system. And it wasn't perfect, but he was kind of forced into pushing it through just to get something pushed through. But there's such a stigma attached to it. Like that's for lazy people. That's for people who don't want to work. And that's the biggest problem is that People don't see it for what it is. It's it's helping people who were being charged extra for insurance because they had a pre-existing condition or people who were born with something. I mean, these aren't even lifestyle issues. These are people who were born and just handed a shitty deck <laughs> and they're being charged extra for medical care because why shouldn't they be? It, none of it makes any sense to me and it's awful.
0: To me, it's it, it, the healthcare system... Is the same as the education system. You wouldn't judge a child as to whether right. they could get a good education, not, and the medical system falls under the same category, as far as I'm concerned. That's the way mm-hmm. we've been brought up, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's not that way here.
0: I suppose that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Is I don't understand. The reasoning behind that, I, I can't get my head around it. And, and that was one of the intriguing things because I like to understand. Yeah. Even if I don't agree with it, I want to understand. So what, yeah. t- talk to me about that because it's so intrinsic to you in your culture. But outside of America, the rest of the world's going, mm, what's wrong with them? I thought they were all for. <laughs> freedom of the individual and succeeding, but they don't seem to
1: actually want to help anybody succeed. Mm -hmm. So my husband, actually, we talk about this every once in a while. He doesn't like to talk politics, but every once in a while, it'll just start to blurb out. And he's got a really great way of explaining things. And he explains it in that, our system is broken we all know this all over the world we know that the american system is broken but it's it's the people who can afford to be in office it's not the people who are elected into office it's the people who can afford to push these things through and those are the people who are terrified that anybody less than them could gain power so you've got government who's tied up in the pharmaceutical industry government who's tied up in big oil you've It's It all comes down to money. And the minute I get a little bit of money, that equates to power. They don't want that. They want to make sure that the people who are unfortunate, for lack of a better word right now, stay there so that they can continue to have the power. That That's my take on it. I'm sure there's lots of technical terms I'm missing, but layman's terms, it's all about power and money.
0: This is what I wanted to talk to you about because you're sort yeah. of in, in the midst of it, you know, which is you're not an observer or an outsider or an analyst. You are somebody mm-hmm. who's experiencing it. And each person's in experience has a validity because it doesn't matter whether somebody else thinks you're right or wrong or disagrees or anything. That's your opinion. And only you can decide whether it's right or not based on your personality and experiences. So Just want to say that what we're putting out here are our experiences and understandings. I was reading an article the other week and I hadn't considered this before. Western politicians, and I'm saying this because it's not just America, but Western politicians talk about other political systems such as India or Sri Lanka or places like that being corrupt. Thailand is a classic one at the moment because the people in power are taking bribes. But in America, mm-hmm. they can give donations.
1: <laughs> it's no different. <laughs> what is the difference? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I just I hadn't even considered that before.
1: Yeah. And if you take this donation, then do me a solid and pass this bill, or it's the same thing.
0: Okay. What was it like when you went from Obama to Trump? What changed in your oh,
1: family God. lives? I just got a shiver down my spine when you said it. So a little bit about myself and my family. When that happened, I was a single mom of two children. At the time, I had two daughters. And I remember waking up that morning and just crying because I was terrified. Like, I'm going to tear up now. (laughs) I was terrified for their future. And I was told by so many people that i was overreacting that it wasn't going to be that bad that he was a great businessman and he was going to really turn this country around whatever the hell that means and here we are i went from this this powerful and let's just be honest obama's not ugly <laughs> i thought he was very handsome but we went from this this man who could form a sentence and he was eloquently just put together a wife who was active in making sure that kids could get a a nutritious meal at school. And they were just like refreshing for, for everything. And do I think they were perfect? No, I, I would never want that job, but they were just like, oh, I just felt at ease when, when he was in office. And I remember the first time he ran and his whole platform was about change. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. And that's about when I started really paying attention to things. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I like this guy a lot. So eight years of this guy who just who got it. And when he first came into office, he didn't buy into gay marriage, but he evolved. And he admitted that, you know, I see it differently now. And yes, now I support it. And he was able to be it. Be an adult, <laughs> really. And then this buffoon somehow gets voted in. And all of a sudden it's about grabbing pussy in the locker room. And it's, I hate black people and I hate the gays. And I'm like what just happened? Like everything just flipped upside down and it just it became this terrifying place. You never knew what was going to be on the news that day because what was he gonna say? What was he gonna do? It's just ugly, so ugly.
0: Looking at it from the outside and and just reading between the lines of what you're saying, it was kind of like Obama wanted to take care of everybody. Yes. Safe. Yes. And then Trump came in, and he did turn things around. He turned everything backwards.
1: Yes. Yep. And it suddenly felt very chaotic, and just not. A place you want to really live or raise your children. Honestly, so what, that was the first time.
0: Did did people actually change the way they dealt with other people when Trump during Trump's power? What happened?
1: I lost a lot of friends and family. All of a sudden, people felt brave enough to really say the things that they were thinking. Like, so I, I mentioned earlier that at that time I had two daughters. I now have a daughter and a son. And all of a sudden, people who I really thought were my friends and people I confided in about my struggles with dealing with that were free to say whatever they wanted about gay people or transgender people or Black people, for that matter. I was raised by a Black man. Like, not a bone in my body is racist. It just isn't. And all of a sudden, these people are just the most transphobic, homophobic, racist, sexist, ageist. And it was okay to say those things because your president did and his followers did. And there was comfort in that group, I think. And it gave those people power to be who they were. It empowered them.
0: I had not thought about it like that, but you you hit the nail on the head. All of a sudden, people could voice all their inner insecurities and Mm -hmm. because that was what their president was doing, mm-hmm. so there yeah. was none of the understanding and community and support and everything else there was not. That went out the window. It was all I'm mm-hmm. right. These are all the little narrow minded beliefs that I have.
1: Yes, that was and my
0: political opinion coming out there. <laughs>
1: that's all right. You're here in mine. <laughs> and I heard a fun fact the other day that American, the American flag. The sales of those things skyrocketed once Trump went into office. There's a man in New Zealand who has a podcast and he kind of got stuck here during COVID. And so he takes all these things that New Zealanders think that America does that are weird. And he did a whole episode on the flag <laughs> and our obsession with the flag. So it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, we don't get it. Swear in a leash. No. To a flag? What on earth is that about?
1: hmm super weird
0: <laughs> i mean we sing the national anthem and everything but australians have got a very can I say, irreverent attitude towards things like that yeah yeah so we yeah. don't get that americans take themselves very seriously
1: yeah it's boring <laughs> <laughs> I like my weirdo
0: friends. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's just, there's no room for growth or expansion or any fun. There's no room for Mm -hmm. any fun, is
1: there? No, no. I mean, there is, but you have to really find it. And you really have to learn to trust that people are who they say they are. So those fun people, even now I'm seeing, like, are you really fun? Are you just like? you're fun on the weekends. And then during the week, you're like this racist asshole at work. <laughs> like, Yeah, you're right. We do take ourselves way too seriously.
0: You know, you lost a lot of friends and everything. And just saying that, that you said just then about you, you're never quite sure whether to trust somebody anymore.
1: That's mm-hmm.
0: really heartbreaking. It is. What happened? <sighs> Tell me, give me some examples of what went on.
1: Actually, I'm a wedding officiant too. Cause I can't sit still, but I had done a wedding for an old friend of mine from high school. And he gave me a great review on my Facebook page on Google, his wife, who I had not met until the, the wedding day, we became Facebook friends. And then all of a sudden I started noticing he was anti-BLM saying some really homophobic things. And I was like, wait a second. My kid is homophobic, like I wouldn't come and say something nasty about your child why would Why would you think that that's okay to say anything? <laughs> he actually told me that he was disappointed because he thought that I was a god-fearing Christian, and then he sent me private messages apologizing for for doing that publicly, but that he had to delete me and block me from his life because I didn't believe in the same things he did. OK. It's unfortunate, but I guess if I'm not filled with hate, then I'm not the right person to be friends with. So there's that. I've had family members who I'm not like super close to, but different family members have spoken up and kind of said their true feelings about, you know, the BLM movement or trans people or whatever. And I just unfollow, unfollow, unfollow because it's not even worth the argument. I'm not going to change their mind. I can't take the hate out of their hearts. It, But it's unfortunate because those are the people who I used to have conversations with about coffee or, you know, the weather or whatever. And that's, that can't be anymore. And it's not like they were a daily part of my life, but when you spend that much time on social media, it does become a daily part of your life. And as you start to remove those people you do kind of start to surround yourself with people who think exactly like you. And sometimes that controversy is, I don't want to say it's its welcomed, but it's sometimes nice to expose yourself to other opinions and other perspe- perspectives. But it just got to a point where I couldn't anymore because it was hurtful. And my my son was seeing it too. That That was probably the worst part. You know, he was seeing what these people were thinking of him the whole time. And these are people that he knew, too. So mama bear, unfollow.
0: (laughs) Actually, that comment about he thought you were a God-fearing Christian, that was the Mm -hmm. one that made me reach out to you because I was incensed because I was one. What the hell has religion got to do with it? I, I do not get the American <laughs> obsession with religion. I really cannot understand it. But also, who are you to judge somebody else? And surely Jesus mm-hmm. was all about inclusion and forgiveness and everything
1: else. And yet, you're not showing any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not a God fearing Christian <laughs> like that. I'm just not. I'm not a Christian. I was raised Catholic, but I got out. And to say that to somebody as though it's an insult to my my personality and my core values and my heart, I don't need a Bible to tell me to be a good person. I can just do it. And it's basically the same stuff that a Christian is expected to do. Like, I'm not out murdering people and I'm not sleeping with my neighbor. And I don't need a book to tell me to be a good person. So to use that as an insult toward me, that's just, I don't know. That's unforgivable to me. So
0: It was to me as well because it was judgmental and it was super manipulative as well. Mm-hmm. And that yep. was, I don't do manipulation well. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that seems to be a common thing in America, mm-hmm. religion as a manipulation as well. And, again, I'm talking as an outsider here.
1: <laughs> religion, in my opinion, is manipulative. Oh, my gosh. Manipulative. <laughs> the 4th of July was just on Monday. And unfortunately, I had to participate in it a little bit for work. We had a parade. So walked in the parade. But as we were standing there as a group, there was a church group because there's tons of them. A church group saw that we had our children with us and walked up to us to try to get us to come to their, their Bible thing that they have for kids during the summer. And I was like, are you out here just trying to recruit kids? Like that whole get them while they're young so that it it just grosses me out. I hate it.
0: Are you very much in the minority in America as far as religion goes? Or is it just that the religious people are very, very vocal? They're actually the minority.
1: I wonder that a lot, actually. I feel like there's probably more of me than I think there are. We're just not as loud and proud about it. And I'm not trying to convert anybody from believing in God. Like, if that's what you want to believe, I'm really happy for you. If that's, if that gives you hope and joy, who am I to say that you're wrong? I'm not out here like trying to convert people that, yeah. People are messed up, Karen. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I look at America and the the Donald Trump Marga stuff as Ugh. probably being a five-year-old having a major tantrum about wanting their own things and not wanting to play with anybody. That's how it mm-hmm. looks to me from the outside as a mother of four. So <laughs> what's your experience yes. from that kind of perspective? What's your
1: opinion on that kind of thing, I suppose? Thoughts is better
0: way of putting it.
1: I agree with you. I think maybe five-year-old is being gracious i can't stand the guy i personally i try not to talk about politics with the people that i know because again it's that trust thing like are they just nodding along and agreeing with me because they don't want to talk about it either or do they actually feel the same way and we've all become so scared to talk about it because everybody's like cutting people out but i i know personally most of the people that i associate with feel the same way I do. And they, they show it in their actions and they show it in the way that they treat other people. They show it when they're glittered up with rainbows for the month of June. is a pretty good sign that they're, they're on this side. There are still people in my life who are all about Trump and I don't understand it, but if we can at least come together and uh, let's I'm trying to think of a good way to say it. At least come together and agree that we all just want to do the right thing and appreciate that we all have different perspectives and we come from different backgrounds and we have different experiences and they're not out there like marching against BLM or calling my son a faggot or whatever. I can kind of just say, okay, it's almost like having Christian friends. Like, I don't get it. I don't buy into it, but good for you. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I, I was thinking okay. the same thing. So when the issue I had during COVID and all the conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff, the issue I had wasn't <laughs> that that was what they believed. You're welcome to believe what you like. The issue I had was that if I said I didn't agree with them, I got attacked viciously.
1: I yes. did
0: not go on your post that I didn't agree with. And tell you in great detail and at great depth and with the worst personal insults that I didn't agree with you. I'd just go, all right, good luck to you and keep moseying on. Yep. I didn't like the fact that I wasn't free to state my opinion without getting publicly lynched for it. That was, and, and so mm-hmm. anyone who publicly lynched me, goodbye. Right. And it's got nothing yep. to do with your opinions. It's got everything to do with your actions. And it's the same with, yes. you know, if you want to vote for Trump? You vote for Trump. Go for it. But don't force your opinions on me. You've got no right to do that.
1: Exactly.
0: That's my soapbox. And that's where all of this business, like moving on to the net, the other topic we're going to talk about with the abortion side of things. That
1: <laughs>
0: I know, right? There's the other kind of work. We're going to talk <laughs> I'm rolling about.
1: up my sleeves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love that. That's the other thing as well, because it ties in with that same kind of behavior, Mm -hmm. doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. And the abortion debate is nothing new. I mean, people have been debating this for years and years and years and years. But all of a sudden, it has become so disrespectful and so personally hurtful. Just, I do understand, but I don't understand the balls that people have gotten and the way that we talk to each other now. And it's just okay because we don't agree with you. So we're going to let you know in all the, the most hurtful ways that we possibly can. Instead of just saying, you know what? I disagree. And then moving on.
0: So, and that, did that change happen during the Trump years?
1: I think so. I really do. I mean, I, th- I think back even when George W. was was in office and there was obviously a difference of opinions about some things, but I don't remember the hurtfulness and the personal attacks like, th- like there is now. And maybe social media has a lot to do with that. You know, people are braver behind a screen than they would be in person. But I think that Trump just really had that special quality that brought it out in people because he acted that way. And I will stand by that
0: 100%. Oh, as an outsider, that's how it looks to the rest of all. Because in any organisation, leadership comes from the top. Behaviour that's acceptable comes Mm -hmm. from the top. So if your leader can behave like that and say things like that, then so can everybody else. Whereas you look at somebody like Obama, who's a born diplomat, he is all about listening to people and taking care of people and everybody else, then Mm -hmm. that's the way everybody starts behaving you know it's not so much about the me, me 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 thing right so let's talk about the abortion thing what okay how has it become hurtful how have things become personal and hurtful what you that was what you were saying in the, in, in the last thing that it's become very personal what happened
1: yeah so I I personally do not have an experience with abortion other than I have three biological children, so I had three opportunities to make a choice. The things that I'm seeing, I have friends who have used this as a platform to tell their stories about they were 16 and just not ready. They were 14 and were raped by a family member. They were 38 and just medical reasons needed to be done. Whatever their story is, it doesn't matter. The point is is that they had to make that choice. And I watched them be brave enough to tell these stories. I mean, there's nothing easy about admitting these things, telling people your most personal, intimate details. And I'm watching them just get slammed by their white male family members about how they should have just shut up and dealt with it, gave the baby up for adoption, whatever the case was. And I, I, cannot I cannot wrap my head around that. It is absolutely disgusting. These are the people who are speaking up. It's the white males because they're the ones in power, right? But on top of that, I'm also seeing women shaming other women for the choices that they've made. And so I like to play Facebook detective sometimes and then I click and you don't have to scroll very far to figure out what side they're on politically everything is red, you got Confederate flags flying in the background, whatever it is. And so it makes it really hard to believe that had Trump not been in, in office, that they would have had the courage to say the things that they are saying.
0: I find it very difficult to comprehend. I, you know, we can say to the guys, Go and get a vasectomy. And they go, no, no, you don't understand. It affects my manhood. It affects the way I think and everything else. Mm -hmm. What does getting pregnant do to me? You've got no direct experience of it. What right do you have to impose your thoughts on me? Mm -hmm. Go and get a vasectomy. It's reversible. For God's sake, it's solve all this problem. Don't see that happening anytime soon.
1: No, no, because the minute you start to try to regulate a what a man does or their body, you're going to be shut down. There will be none of that because they're the ones in power.
0: Mm. I, I actually said to someone a couple of months ago, one of my sons who is in politics and works for the government and stuff. And and, I, and he asked about religion. And I said to him, dude, religions are written by men for the benefit of men. Almost all mm-hmm. of them. And he went, oh, had not thought of that before they, are. they right. are there are very few religions that don't put men in power
1: mm-hmm. and honestly i don't understand the religion argument either because america is supposed to have separation of church and state and so once you start allowing religion to dictate what the laws are we're screwed garen yeah. i'm moving i'm moving to australia <laughs> I know they got, oh, got, yes. got to point
0: the finger at Pakistan or Afghanistan if they no. run the if they're gonna mix religion and the state again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So Handmaid's Tale, because I'm really sorry looking at America now, heading down the handmaid, it like it brings shivers to my heart.
1: right. I've actually not seen the show. I understand the premise of it, but I've not seen it. So fill me in a little bit.
0: I couldn't. Watch the TV series. I read the book when it first came out, yonks ago. It must be well over, must be going on 30 years ago when I read the book. So basically, there's been a civil war in America and nuclear weapons were involved that has made a lot of people infertile. And the place where it's set is run by religious fundamentalists. The men are all in power and it goes back to the Old Testament where. I could be completely wrong here. I have in my mind Ruth couldn't bear children for a husband, so she said to her husband, "Okay, you have sex with my handmaid. I'll be there while you have sex, and you get her pregnant, but it will be my child." Basically, what happens mm-hmm. is the woman lies down. Ruth lies down. She put a handmaid on top of her between her legs, and then a husband had sex with the handmaid while the handmaid was laying on top of Ruth. Wow! Whoever it was, and that's what. These fundamental religious fundamentalists put into place in this post apocalyptic thing, and then it goes into all this other side of it where the men actually go visit brothels and they've captured the young women not just to put as handmaids but to work in these brothels as well. And there's, there's this whole tale of it, and it's just and this the main character was married to a black man, and so he'd. Gone off to fight, and they think he was killed. But she had a daughter, and her daughter was taken away from her so they could instruct her daughter into how to become a good wife and handmaid, <laughs> and or handmaid. Yeah, I just when I, that mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade was overturned, I just went, "Oh my god, it's The Handmaid's Tale."
1: Mm-hmm. Now I I understand the reference a little bit more. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah,
0: what, <laughs> on netflix i actually reading it i struggled with because it is just horrifying watching it i couldn't do i actually couldn't it was because a lot of the women actually force the women to do it you know it's not the men that teach the other women to behave it's the women
1: yeah okay i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i can watch it now (laughs) It might be a little too real.
0: <laughs> it's Look, it's something that, that's that been brought up a lot while Trump was in power. Mm-hmm. I know that. There's been yep. a lot of talk in The Handmaid's Tale and articles with Margaret Atwood who wrote it and everything, and she's written a couple of other things since that uh, Well, she's written quite a lot, but a couple of other things along the same lines since then. But it's I find it really scary because I can see that that is actually a possibility. hmm And then you watch things like, (laughs) I'm a shocking Netflix addict, but, you know, you watch things like that Mormon fundamentalist group who the leader was getting brides that were younger and younger. He ended up with 60-odd brides. This was like back in the noughties, 60-odd brides, some of them as young as 13, 12, 13, and he got sent to jail. How do women end up in that kind of position thinking that's okay?
1: I don't know. It blows my mind that even women who aren't in that position could get to that point. I I don't know that I could ever, ever, no matter what it was, sacrifice another human being. I cannot wrap my head around it.
0: What's really interesting is the family that she's in. They were the leading TV evangelists going on about how this was going to be a good thing. And now, 10 years later, she's trapped at home. And you see her side of it, how she realizes now how wrong she was, but there's nothing she can do because she's already trapped in it. Kind of like a step right. in the thing.
1: I wonder if they're so well brainwashed by the men who are in power that they truly believe that that's the right thing to do. I don't know.
0: About getting a, a little bit of power in your own circumstances as well, isn't it? If You can see yeah, advance yourself. Yeah, it's just, it's just terrible. What are your thoughts on where things are going
1: to go? I'm terrified. I don't think it matters who is president at this point. Honestly, I think Joe Biden is just like, filling a seat right now. I don't think he's doing anything. (laughs) And then every once in a while, somebody tells him to say something useful, and he does that. But the Supreme court is terrifying because they're there until they die. I mean, (laughs) like there's no term limits and these are the people who are in power right now. It's not Joe Biden or whoever the next president will be. It's, it's them. And if they're moving this quickly to change things, but they're doing things behind the scenes, like, Hey, we did this abortion thing. Look at all this, get people fighting about that. And, Within two weeks, they voted on like 10 things that basically are suppressing women and minorities. Really? Mm-hmm. I was just reading an article about it, and they put a list of this is what your Supreme Court is doing right now in case you're not paying attention. And I was like, I wasn't paying attention. Holy shit. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is going to kill me.
0: Are they overturning previous judgments, or are they making new
1: judgments? How is it working? they Clarence Thomas has in that report that was that was leaked he made comments about wanting to basically overturn gay marriage overturn something about women in the workplace i don't know if it was like the pay or what exactly it was but definitely taking a step a few decades back and the only reason that I know that I didn't read the report, like I don't have access to that stuff, but there have been people who have said because he's in in, in an interracial marriage, his wife is white, and they've said he, that's where he's going to stop because then all of a sudden it will affect him. But anything else is fair game at this point. And that's the terrifying point part. I have offered my my wedding officiant services for the rest of the year to any gay couple that wants to get married before this all goes to shit so they at least have some protection hopefully and i'll do it for free i don't care if it's a monday afternoon let's just get it done get you married i'm terrified for my children i'm terrified for my oldest daughter who has been sucked into the christian religion and (laughs) <laughs> I'm terrified for my son, who is not mature enough to be an adult, but unfortunately is an adult and doesn't know how to fight for his rights, doesn't know the steps he should be taking right now to protect himself. And I'm terrified for my four-year-old daughter, who this is the world she was born into. Ugh, It's awful. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what her future looks like. It's not hopeful. And then there's the, like guilt for having a do over baby. Shit. <laughs> what did I do? This poor kid. <sighs>
0: What's a do over baby?
1: Oh, well, you know, because my oldest is 22, and then the next one is 19, and now I have a four year old. <laughs> so I call her my do over baby.
0: <laughs> God, you must be a glutton for
1: punishment. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, she. I really like this age. Four-year-olds are fun. Yeah. Every once in a while I'm like, what was I thinking? I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Looking in from the outside and reading newspaper reports and and everything, but to talk to somebody, because you live in the Midwest as well. Like You live in the heart Uh of those rednecks, don't you?
1: Oh, yes. Which must
0: be so terrifying.
1: It really is. I don't know who's going to listen to this out of the people that I know. just My daycare provider is one of those people that I was talking about where I know her personal beliefs now because she's gotten brave enough to say them. But at the same time, I need daycare. And <laughs> There's such a shortage that until September when my youngest goes to school, I, I need a daycare provider. Every morning, Karen, when I drop her off because it's an in-home daycare, I get slapped in the face with the Trump flag that's flying on their porch. It's just I want it to all go away. I feel like where we live in the Midwest, we're about two hours north of Chicago, hour north of Milwaukee. I feel like the further north you get, the more red it gets. It's really frustrating to drive to work. I have a 20-minute drive to work to drive to work and count the number of trucks with the, the giant Trump flags still in the back that say Trump 2020. You can't get a new flag, really. <laughs> the Confederate flags, just the, the blatant racism and all the isms, really. I mean, people have yard signs just announcing it and proclaiming to the world, I am a closed-minded asshole. And it's everywhere. It's really disheartening.
0: Because that's one of the things I don't understand as well. I only realized or only cottoned on recently that the Confederates, the big fight was because they didn't want to give up slavery. Uh Uh-huh. The fact that they didn't want to pay taxes to the British, but they didn't want to get rid of their slaves. Right. (laughs) And you're flying that flag. That is so wrong on so many levels.
1: Yep, But their argument is that it represents the history of the cell. Well, yes, but we're not discussing what that history is. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful.
0: And just one last thing before we go. I did say we got to wrap it up, but before we go. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's my fault. I've got so many questions. You don't have to vote in America, do you?
1: No. Totally optional.
0: It's kind of like with putting up a post on Facebook and having all of those people massively disagree, they're the ones who are going to go out and vote because that's Mm -hmm. the way they do things, isn't it? Is that right?
1: Right. I think so. I think it's the people who feel very, very strongly on either side. Mm. I don't think we get as much of the middle people where they're like, "Eh, I'm not really paying attention or I I don't really have strong opinions either way. I don't think those people are voting because they can't be bothered.
0: It's funny because when we came in the UK, you, we don't have comp, compulsory voting either. When we came to Australia and you have to vote, everybody over 18 has to vote. I was just like, oh, my God, that's barbaric. But, <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like looking at what's going on in America, no, that's the way it needs to be. You have mm-hmm. to vote. This is your country. Take an interest in it. Vote. Vote. Just have your say, you've got to. And even if you just make a mess of the voting card so that your vote doesn't count, that's fine. You've actually done your duty to the community. Yeah. There is a strong reason for compulsory voting.
1: Yeah. And I, I think in the last election, a lot of people felt like their vote wasn't going to count because they wanted to vote third party, which personally I think we should. So they just didn't vote. It's never going to happen if you don't vote. If enough people actually did it, we could possibly make it happen.
0: But I mean, it's a little bit the same here. There are two major parties and then they make up government through the minor parties if they don't win an outright majority. But this time the minor parties took such a portion of the vote, the governments, both Labor and Liberal, are going, oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> well that what? <one. laughs> maybe we better pay attention because yeah at, we were heading down with our last prime minister and many people will disagree with me but he is an evangelical christian and we were heading more and more down the right-wing path only on the skirting edge nothing like trump or even boris johnson but skirting on the edges of it you know and i was just sure like, mm, no 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 no, no.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: there was a big swing to independence in our last election. So the Green, Party, the Green Party, for heaven's sake, actually got four seats in the lower parliament, which is unheard of. Wow. Absolutely unheard of. So there's been a bit of a change in Australia. We, we've kind of taken stock of things, and that comes from the compulsory
1: voting. See, if anyone in America is listening right now, do it
0: <laughs> well,
1: <a vote> <laughs> let's make vote it happen Never
0: wasted because it's taken a long time to build up to this but you just keep going and keep going mm-hmm. and it, it will happen eventually but yeah two-party politics mm-mm-mm.
1: yeah it just doesn't work
0: I don't think presidents do either I know you followed the French system that's why you go a president but I don't think that works yeah personality based yeah Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being so open and honest because it actually takes a lot of courage.
1: Yeah. I was I I was a little bit nervous. I was like, well, how much am I actually gonna say? But it kind of felt good to say it out loud too. <laughs> so, yeah. to someone besides my husband after two glasses of wine. And
0: I'm like, you know what I think? <laughs> and I because you and you alluded to it before, and I was gonna I was gonna say something, but the conversation carried on. Religion and politics. The two things are money. You do not mm. talk about them in, in, in public. You don't discuss right. them in public. They're very private things, like, and especially not when you're around people. And the experiences of the last five or six years have just proved that as being the case. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about religion and politics. And here we are. Right. The whole conversation about religion and politics. Exactly. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the feedback on this conversation is but yeah yeah keep me updated with what feedback you personally get I will I would be interested to hear
1: yes I'm a little nervous
0: (laughs) but (laughs) I'll give you fair warning you can go on holiday for a week till it's all calmed down (laughs) yeah.
1: yeah it's part of my dipping my toes back in and standing in my own truth and core values so here we go it is
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Karen. Thank you for
1: having me back, Karen. You're, You're welcome. If you enjoyed
0: this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted and rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends, please. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving with some great ideas that can make a difference in your everyday life. Until next time.